0: Vision is the cost of winning, or you might say the price of winning, and that's what we want to share as a coach today. As we begin to talk about kind of using football language, but really focusing more on what it takes to win. It's getting your life in such a place that you become strong, and that cannot happen. The other word that we probably use more often will be discipline, self-discipline, getting you ready to self-ready to. Well, this morning I'm going to start a little different. Um, Let's start with a little word association quiz, see how good you're at this. Okay, can you help me out and move us along? A carpenter, what's the first word you think of? A carpenter. carpenter. Hammer? Good. It's very good. A dentist? Drill, Drill, all right. (laughs) A uh, a surgeon? Okay, a drummer? Drumsticks, right, okay. A bricklayer? Trial, right. Um, A seamstress? needle or a sewing machine either one um, astronomer good thank you um a chemist <laughs> what i didn't get that one a test tube's all right or or a microscope uh, any of those things all those have to work a writer pen okay or word processor one or the other um, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we can tell which generation's talking, can't we? Um, NFL referee. Whistle, right. Why, why does he need a whistle? Because he has some things to do, doesn't he? Well, this morning, I would like to talk about what's, all those things that you mentioned is very indispensable for those particular jobs, right? Well, there's, there's something that's very indispensable for you this morning. I do not believe you as a Christian especially if you want to accomplish anything in God's kingdom, can can do that without what we call discipline, self-discipline, conditioning, getting yourself to a place that you can be successful. And so that's what we want to just focus on. This one tool, if you want to call it, it's central. Book of Proverbs argues the case of being called... In fact, if you read the first chapter, I was just reading that in my devotions this week, and I'm hoping that some of you are working on your devotional life as we were talking about one of the things that you need to grow with spiritually. But the whole chapter tells us that if you don't get wisdom and really get this discipline in your life, that you're going to have a lot of problems. All right? As we look at this, uh, if you prepare for the Olympics, I've had some friends who actually have tried out for the Olympics, and one of the things you'll always find in their lives is a lot of discipline. Talent can do a lot of things. But the average person with discipline can accomplish more than a talented person without discipline. Proverbs tells us, gives it this way. Cling to discipline, do not relax your grip on it, because it is your life. That's pretty strong, but that's good. That's from God's Word, the, the version. Poverty and shame come to a person who ignores discipline, but whoever pays attention to constructive criticism Will be honored. Um, time and time again, we find that discipline is what it's all about. One of my favorite characters, not necessarily in football, but in the sports world, is Pat Summit. I don't know if you're really caught up with um, the Lady Vols from down in Tennessee, but Pat Summit has won more basketball than any other woman coach. And I'm not sure, I didn't look up against Wooden's record, but any active coach that we know today. In fact, she's won eight national championships. There's something that she does is very successful. In fact, I think why she's successful is the discipline she has. But her, if you'd asked the Letty Vols, they would say, Pat is all-knowing. <laughs> she knows what they're doing at all times. But um, one, of the, one of the illustrations would be back in the season when... Uh, they they had some anchor players and Abby Coughlin, Conklin was one of those players in 1996, 97, 98 when they had the championships in a row. But there was one problem. She was great with how she could shoot the ball, rebound, but she couldn't hang onto the ball. And so, funny, Pat said, "No, listen. Here's this basketball. I want you to carry it. And everywhere you go on campus, you're going to carry that basketball." until you learn that that basketball can't get out of your hand. Just something simple like that changes a very talented player into a player that goes all the way. Let me just give you... I, I like this fact when I talk to student-athletes. I love to talk about this. Pat Summits The Definite, does. And this is almost a sermon itself, but I just couldn't resist giving it to you. Can we share it just quickly this morning? I put it in your bulletin because I wanted you to take it home with you. Respect yourself and others. Take full responsibility. Develop and demonstrate loyalty. That's a good point, isn't it? Learn to be a great communicator. In other words, if if you're not able to share with others, it's hard to be who you are yourself. Discipline yourself so that no one else has to. Wow, that could be a sermon right there. Discipline yourself so no one else has to. Make hard work your passion. That goes along with what we're preaching about this morning. Don't just work hard. Work smart. Put the team before yourself. Make, making winning an attitude. Be a competitor. Change is a must. Handle success like you handle failure. Well, should I dismiss? That's a good enough sermon right there, isn't it? No, we're not going to vote on that, okay? <laughs> no voting. But I I would say to you this morning that this is one of the greatest things that I could share with you to help you be successful in your Christian walk. If you would take this part of the message this morning, if I could just sit down and say, as a coach, there's nothing that will help you to become a more successful Christian, to be victorious in every area of your life, and especially if you're doing the Lord's work, if there's some place that God calls you within His kingdom. And I believe He calls all of us. Now, one reason why I have a hard time talking about discipline or self-discipline, when you say discipline, it kind of conjures up a negative thing, right? Especially with children, maybe they think of parents and kids getting punished, a soldier being yelled at, a college student being expelled. Um, People, when they think of discipline, they think of rules, uh, they think of deprivation, rigidness, routines. Is that what you think of discipline? Discipline. What I would like to do this morning is go beyond that and talk to you about the positive things of discipline. I really believe that if you can look at discipline as something positive, it can make your world different and make you a successful person. Russ was a young lady and often in the Chicago Marathon. Now, she was in that wheelchair division, but she would win every year, and they would say, how do you do it? How can you do it year in and year out? And she would say something like this. I discipline myself, and I train 100 miles a week in a wheelchair. Well, you see, she's a winner. It's an illustration of a pilot trying to learn to fly a plane. You don't just pick up a textbook and go out there and get in a plane, and okay, there you go, right? There has to be hours and hours of discipline, going through the motions and learning how to find. I was thinking as just recently, you know, I had to miss several weeks because of surgery. And one thing I like about Dr. Kroll is this. He's been at this 16 years. He knows what he's doing. I, I imagine if I would ask him, I said, now, when you first came out of med school, did, did you ever think about, anybody ever ask you, was it easy? And he would probably tell you this. No, it was difficult. It took a lot of work. And it took a lot of discipline to learn the procedures and you had to work at the job until it became a part of you. I say to you as a Christian, that's the same thing that has to happen. When you establish a set of goals and when you go after it, you will have to have discipline to make it work. It's indispensable for everything that you want to do in life. I, I would like to, to make this happen for you. What I would like to do is to help you understand four components of developing discipline, or the four components of discipline. And when I say discipline, I'm really talking about self-discipline. It's not me coming and disciplining you, but it's you taking it upon yourself to make it happen. Let me share this briefly with you this morning. I I would say the first three, if you were non-Christian this morning, if you were not even wanting to serve the Lord, the first three apply to you because... Everything you do in life, you, it demands discipline for you to be successful, okay? But the fourth point is definitely very Christian. Now, now when I say Christian, I don't mean non-Christian. I mean it's both Christian and non-Christian. It's just one of the wise things of life, what makes life happen. The first thing I would like to say, you need to understand the purpose of developing discipline. Like a carpenter needs to understand that the hammer... Is using because he wants to build something. The chemist has a microscope or test tubes because he's re- she or he is researching something. The NFL referee has a whistle because he's officiating something. Hopefully, not always so with the Redskins. I understand. <laughs> okay, I get off the refs. All right, get into the message. But when we begin to talk about this, there's some questions and. And I didn't get to put this in your bulletin, but I really would like for you to get it. If you would like to have a copy of the media notes, I would love for you to get this. But I think there's some questions that you need to ask yourself. What do you need discipline for? See, it's not enough for you just to go out there and say, I need some discipline. But the first question you need to ask yourself, what do I need discipline for? The second question would be this. Are your life goals high enough to make development of discipline an absolute necessity? If you're not doing anything in life, if you're just going to loaf and kind of just roam through life, I would say to you, well, you know, you're not going to last very long. You're not going to do very much. You're going to have a lot of problems. But if you have some high goals, you're going to have to have discipline to reach those goals. Look at your goals first. I always kind of... These are just jokes made up, I'm certain but a certain dog was in the dog pound or kernel or the kennels or whatever. He was always boasting of his ability to be a runner. And one day as he was chasing a rabbit, the rabbit got away from him and all the other dogs jumped on him, you know, and laughed at him and said, I thought you were the best. He said, well, listen, there was a difference here. He said, see, that rabbit was running for his life. I was just chasing the rabbit for my dinner. You see what I'm saying? The goals have to be high enough to make it worthwhile or you will never have discipline. And so I call on you to look on your goals. The next question I want to ask you, how serious are you about finding the full potential God has in your life? See, I just just believe that if you're ever going to be fulfilled as a person or happy in life, you're going to have to become a purpose-driven Christian who wants to get the full potential of what God wants you here for. I, I, don't, I don't want to torture you and make you to come to church every Sunday and do these things in church. That isn't, that isn't the idea. See, the church is nothing more than a place for us to network and give you opportunity to put your gifts into practice. It's not about even coming in and hearing me preach. It's about you coming and being involved in a fellowship. I'm here to stir you up and encourage you, but I have not done my job if I haven't thrust you into the church and for you to become involved. And when you have those things, it's going to take some self-discipline to make it happen. Have you ever asked God what's the real purpose in your life? I challenge you to ask those questions. And then, are your current goals high enough to demand the development of discipline? I'm not talking about intentions. Well, maybe I'd help with the children, or I would... No, I'm, I'm asking about you this morning. Have you ever considered that God has placed you here with a purpose, and He wants to help you to become everything He want you ought to become? I believe that's to be so much the part of what the biggest problem is. Now, some of you are, see, I think some of you are afraid to dream the big dreams. God's image was planted on you when you were birthed into this world. God had intentions for you so big and you can't listen to the people around you. Next week I want to talk about it a little bit more. But make them big and let discipline drive you until you reach the goal that God wants in your life. Don't be squeamish about the big road. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but dreams come true. Where dreams come true, there is life and joy. Well, I don't know if your dreams have been shattered, but God is calling you from broken dreams into a reality of His presence where God can bring success. What's God putting on your life and on your heart? Discipline makes it possible. The tool of discipline. Are you progressing? Are you growing? Someday, I want you to sit back on a rocking chair an old person... And you look back on your life and say, boy, we really tried some things, we filled some things, but life was really great because God worked in my life. Wow, that ought to be the testimony of every person here. I really believe in you. I believe God believes in you. And so it's a call to that type of discipline. Let's look at it. The second point is, to make this happen, understand the core of discipline. What is it? The concept of delayed gratification. Boy, this is tough, isn't it? (laughs) Delayed gratification is the real near the heart of what discipline's all about. If you can't put off some things, if you just have to have it now and you don't have any discipline, you're going to have a lot of problems in life. Let me give you the definition. The concept of delayed gratification, which is nothing more than arranging the pain and pleasures of life in such a way as to enhance the season of pleasure by putting the pain first and getting it over with so you can move on to the season of pleasure. Delayed gratification is real near to the heart of what discipline is all about. Have you ever seen a toddler very seldom do this? You put a slab of cake on his plate and he eats all the inside and he leaves that frosting so he kind of enjoys it at last? Toddler? I am, I, am I talking about, okay, whatever. We need to observe him when we have the tailgate party, don't we? A school-age child learns to do his homework so he doesn't have to worry about it anymore and he can go out and have fun. Huh? The college student. (laughs) Wow, this is good college student material, isn't it? Learn to get your stuff done so you can enjoy going out and playing some basketball and soccer and running around and having some fun with your friends. Because everything's done already. My son John, he's up, uh, He's my youngest son. He, I always <laughs> marveled at him and got it. And, and there's some good things that happened because he just has this principle in his life a little bit. I'm like, can you allow me to talk about my children? I'm a grandfather, after all. <laughs> you know, I have to do that. But we used to watch him as a. It was so funny, you know. We found this place down in Louisville, Kentucky. I, I, I think somebody told me they had been working down there some pelican or something, but they used to have this family special where children could order crab legs, you know. Not all you can eat, but a mess of them. And he would take all those crab legs while everybody else is breaking them and eating, and he would take the meat out and he'd lay it in a pile on his plate, okay? And when we would get all done, you know, and we'd look over that pile on his plate, I thought, I'm dad, I ought to be able to just take half of that, you know, and dip it in that hot lemon butter, you know? But while we were all just painfully finishing, he would take that big pile and enjoy it with great pleasure. Delayed gratification. How we use it in so many areas of our lives, in relationships, physical conditioning. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. The reversal of discipline is this, the absence. Proverbs warns us. I I tell you, especially with young adults and youth, I think it's a necessity sometimes to just do a whole series on the book of Proverbs because it teaches so much about this. But it talks about the other side. For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread, and the adulteress preys on your very life. Can a man scoop fire from his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on cold without his feet being scorched? See, the, man, the writer here is demanding his son to consider discipline and the lack of it. Don't listen to the loud voices that lure you into the pleasure of the moment. Well, but translates it this way. And that's the reason I put it up there, but so I could give this to you. Here and now in broad daylight, make up your mind to stay away from her. Don't even go near the door of her house. Make your decision now. Seal it and God ask God to help you. Stick to it no matter what. Because if you wait until the middle of the sens- sensual sexual temptation situation, you will have nothing to stand on. That's the reason why we're talking about discipline. The third point, and this is, sec- I don't care who you are. I'm just talking, if you want to live a happy life, here on earth, you need this, these principles to be a part of it. The third thing, understand advanced decision-making part of discipline. Set up the advanced system making so your mind will be made up before you get into the situation. Why, this is such good preaching material. I thought I'd be just getting so many amens I wouldn't even know what to do with it. The preacher was winding up his temperance sermon and great fervor, and he said, If I had all the beer of the world I'd take it and throw it in the river and the congregation said, Amen. <laughs> if I had all the wine, I would throw it in the river and the congregation said amen and then he said if I had all the whiskey in the world I'd throw it in the river and the congregation said amen and he closed the service and the leader, the music leader got up and said turn to page 365 shall we gather at the river right, (laughs) you you knew that one right, make up your mind you can't go to the river you can't plan to go to the river and make certain that everything is right in your life Is food your problem? I like the way Irma uh, Bombeck puts it, you know, said, she's talking about seizing the moment, you know. She said, remember all those women there, remember on the Titanic, and they decided they would (laughs) fast? Well, maybe some of you got the joke. The rest of you will get it when you're home, okay? Like the woman who bought an extravagant dress, and her husband asked her why she had bought it, so extravagant. And she said, well, the devil made me buy it. And he said, well, why don't you tell the devil to get behind me? He said, I did. And he said, it looks as good in the front as it does in the back. (laughs) Making up your mind, counting the cost, making your decisions. One of the things that you often see, it goes on and on. It's been for quite a few years. It talks about these insurance commercials. Life is coming at you fast. I want to tell you, life is coming at you fast, and if you don't have your mind made up on some things, you're going to go down in flames. The difference between football playing, those people just entering into the NFL say, when I, as a rookie going in, he said, when we do the preseason games, and then I get into the actual games, the game is so much faster. And I would say to you as an adult, life comes at you fast. And you better have some some discipline and understand where you're going. If it's drugs that you're having a problem, you need to say, I won't go to that party. I won't be drugged into that situation. If gossip is your problem, you need to say, I will always talk about positive things and build up people. I was waiting. Are you guys going to ever help me out? Put an amen up there, just stick it in the slide. All right. Relationships. Thank you. A little self-discipline there. I appreciate it. Relationships. Am I going to build my schedule with my family in mind? Wow. Are you going to make up your mind about some things and not just let life happen? Self-discipline. It takes 29 days to develop a habit. You want them to be the right habit. You You know, at first when I talk to you about this, it sounds like it might be hard, but Jesus said this about... His way, He said, Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke fits you perfectly, and the burden I give you is like... You know, the way of the transgressor is hard. When I'm starting to talk to you about discipline yourself, I'm doing that so you can enjoy life, so you can experience the fullness of life. If you're not going to have discipline... I'm going to tell you, life is not easy for you. It really gets rough out there. The path of the just shines more and more until the perfect day, but the sinner's path, the way the transgressor's heart, it gets narrow and narrow until it's snuffed out. I want you to get that picture in your mind. Let's understand the way of the Christian isn't that hard. Let one John writes it this way, loving God means keeping His commandments. That really isn't difficult. You know, we, we make this thing about serving God difficult, Listen. Can I say this? I've smoked all the cigarettes I want to smoke and I've drunk all the drinking all the whiskey I wanted to drink. I I don't need you know there's some things in my life I don't have to have and I can still enjoy life. Look at the commandments. Forsake not the assuming of yourselves together. Amen. Build up one another, be given to hospitality. There's so much that you can get if you just listen to the commandments given in the Scriptures and you begin to do that, you will become a fulfilled Christian and if you're a part of a church that's all doing that, you'll have an unbelievable church. Just skip the next slide. It's William Law. It's good, but I, I want to keep moving here this morning. The fourth point is this. Understand the, powerful, the powers of love for all Christians. Excuse me. Go back. Understand, power available for all Christians gives us endurance. This is the difference. Now, I was talking to you about self-discipline. You can do those three without a Christian. But as a Christian, I want you to be aware of something here this morning. What God wants to do in your life is so much more than what a non-Christian has as resources. If you want to win, listen, I want to talk to you about the unbelievable power, superhuman power, that is available to you, you can't even believe it. You can't even understand it until you ask for God's grace. Dear brothers and sisters, bring it on. And we have to get a monitor back there so I can see what's happening because I'm going to have to monitor these guys now, aren't I? Dear brothers and sisters, whenever trouble comes your way, let it be an opportunity for joy. For, for when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow So let it grow, and when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be strong in character and ready for anything. God is doing something in your life. God doesn't test us to fail. The things doesn't come into your life so you can just blow up and lose everything. God wants you to be successful. And we rejoice. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they are good for us. They help us learn endurance and endurance develops strength of character in us and character strengthens our confidence and expectation of salvation and this expectation will not disappoint us and then it's so good to hear this scripture for we know how dearly God loves us but he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love you hear me preach about the love of God listen I want you to know that God loves you so much that he's following you every moment of your life. He's watching you. And he wants to pour divine love into your life and a passion, an emotion, a a spiritual desire, spiritual power that goes beyond any temptation. God can give you the victory this morning. Three things, and I'm not going to preach a lot about this, but I want to just throw them at you. You have the presence of a new power, an individual who is in God. A new power. And I want you to experience it. Between the initial salvation and glorification, there's a developing transformation of the individual character and personality. Yes, there is some struggles. I'm not going to tell you that you'll never struggle, but I'll tell you this, that if you have your mind made up, that in that development stage, there's a power that begins to work in your life and give you strength. A significant extra-human power over the evils of this present world is exercised by both the individual and the church. Dear Christian, you are not in this alone. You are not struggling by yourself. In church, Wendover Hills, Westland, you're not in this struggle by yourself either. You have to see beyond that and see the power of, of God at work. Jesus, in the last moment, in the very closing of his life, he said this, and Jesus came to them and said, All power in heaven and earth is given to me. Aren't you glad for his presence in your life? All power. For he has rescued us from him, the one who rules the kingdom of darkness, and he has brought us into the kingdom of his dear Son." I don't know where you are this morning but I want to talk to you about the power. Are you tired of failing? Are you tired of falling behind and not getting a job done? Feeling so discouraged with yourself? Have you just forgot about dreaming dreaming the big dream? Are you going to say, Preacher, this is a mark. This is a... Day that I am going to put one of those stones up. Don't you love our Atlanta church, the 12-stone church, huh? Where Where we put the stones up there. And we're going to mark this day and say, from this day on, we're going to be victorious. From this day on, we're going to see a life change. We're going to dream the big dreams. Even in the midst of impossibilities, God is calling you. But what are you going to do about it? I'd like to share the final moments just praying with you. Where are you this morning? Are you feeling like you're a victim this morning and just can't be successful? I want you to know that God loves you and His power is available. And if you will set your will, I, we talk about sanctification Sometime I want to preach a sermon. I believe the whole idea of the Western concept of sanctification is the sanctification of the will. Okay? Where the will is set in a direction, say, God, I'm going to obey you. You're not going to be able to handle everything else in your life, but you can set your will in Christ. Are you with me? Are you willing to say, I am going to be determined, I am going to let my will be given to God and let Him change me? see if the Lord carries I would like to see big things happen in this church and I'd like to see big things happen in your life God is calling you this morning I'd just would like to ask you to bow your head a minute I don't know where you are I just want to pray with you but if for those that say pastor I need to have a fresh start this morning I I've just been struggling but I want to just put that stone down there this morning and stand on it and believe God and see a change coming. you just like to raise your hand, let God know about it, and we'll pray with you about that this morning. Anyone like that this morning? Amen. God bless you. Anyone this morning, just say, you know, I've always been afraid to dream the big dream. I'm all about dreaming the big dream, all right? And you feel like you've just held yourself back and you haven't trusted God. And I believe God wants to breathe into you new power this morning. He said, Pastor, I've never really been a purpose-driven Christian. I've never really dreamed a big dream for my life. And I want to be included in that prayer. Would you put your hand up this morning? And I'd like to pray. God bless you. I see that. God sees it. That's the most important thing. God bless you. Let us pray together. God, we're just so amazed. We can't understand why you would even mess with us, the failures that we are in ourselves. Yet, you love us so much that you stance your image on our lives. And Lord, right now, we're praying that things will be different. We have been victims. We have thought ourselves as victims instead of victorious. But this morning, we set our faith again. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe what you are doing in our lives. And we're going to ask, and we're going to believe. And that person with the broken dreams or have never dreamed before, we ask for your inspiration and your power. In Jesus' name. Shall we stand up? Let's, it is time to do the high five. Which church is a high five church, is it not? Amen? Come on, it's, it's high five time. We believe this morning, don't we? Come on, all over, all, the, all across, not just me going down the middle, but this is the high five church this morning. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.